Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Thursday, February 11th. Our Bruins have emerged victorious from their first game against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. We'll break that all down, as well as update the NHL's top five teams. Before we get to that, let me remind you, the podcast is available on whatever podcast app you use. So open it up, hit that subscribe button, Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, preferably kindly, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on social media, you can find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins on Twitter, at Locked On Bruins on Instagram, and you can find me with my hockey tweets and dad jokes at ENC McLaren. Now, there was a moment at the end of, or near the end of Wednesday's game against the Rangers that kind of typified how the Bruins played overall in this game. And it was Tugarask sprinting to the bench, believing the Bruins were down 2-1 when in fact they were tied at 2. And thankfully, the Rangers weren't able to capitalize on the momentarily vacated net and the Bruins were able to win in overtime. Rask of this incident said he thought they were down to one. He was waiting for Bruce Cassidy to wave him over, and he was like, why the heck is he not? A minute and a half left, and he's not waving me. I decided to come when we had the puck, and I think McAvoy told me, buddy, it's 2-2. A near catastrophic lapse in judgment for Tuka Rask, but that should not in any way take away from the incredible performance that he put in net. Tugarask was as good as I've seen him in quite some time. He made a couple just amazing saves, particularly off the stick of Mika Zibanejad. I'm thinking of one uh, glove save that he made and then another breakaway save using his blocker where he could have easily been shifted over a little bit more to his left side. But he stood strong and kept his blocker up for the save. Uh, So Rask made those big saves to keep the team in the game. Chris Wagner scored a shorthanded goal. Anders Bjork added a goal. And then the overtime winner was scored by Brad Marchand, giving the Bruins the 3-2 victory, extending their win streak to four games and their point streak to nine games. Brad Marchand, after the game, said one thing the team does really well is even when they're not at their best, and you can tell that they weren't, they didn't play very well overall, they just have that attitude where they pick each other up, they don't get down on each other, always trying to help each other out, and we got through things together. Even that moment with Rask, you could see that it led to a bit of a laugh on his part, and I'm sure the guys were joking about it after the game, of course, if the Rangers had scored, it would have been a different story, but that's just the kind of night that it was for our Bruins. Marshad said Rask made a lot of big saves, so he gets a pass, and Rask said he wasn't panicking, he was laughing, actually. Definitely not something you want to do, 
But hey, it's an entertainment industry, and we try to provide entertainment for the fans. I'm sure people were shocked at first. I was. But hopefully, they had a good laugh of that. I sure did. I, yeah, I was laughing, and uh, thankfully, again, it, it did stay out. One of the big stories in this one was a couple calls that did not go Boston's way. Jake DeBrusque, who was just shooting the lights out last night, had what seemed to be a go-ahead goal that went off the crossbar, fell onto the line, but upon further review, the refs decided that there was no conclusive angle that showed the puck completely across the, the goal line. Bruce Cassidy said you could see the whole puck disappear inside the bar, but just the angle that they had, it wasn't good enough for them to deliver definitive proof that the puck went all the way in the net. Then later on, the Bruins were on the other end of a call where uh, Brendan Lemieux, I believe, high-sticked a puck that hit off Matt Grizzlick and then landed on the ice for a goal that was scored by Kevin Rooney. Uh, Cassidy said they had the option to challenge the original play for a missed stoppage, but um, they went back and forth on it. He made the call that things weren't really going their way, so let's just play, get the next goal, and eventually they did. I mentioned Jake DeBrusque. He led the Bruins with seven shots on goal in just about 14 minutes of ice time in this one. Looked like he had the go-ahead goal, and then later on, he was able to feed the puck to Anders Bjork, who slid the puck past Alexander Gorgiev and scored his first goal in almost a calendar year. He hadn't, over a calendar year, he hadn't scored since February 1st, 2020 in Minnesota. Jake brought a lot of energy, Bjork said. He was shooting the puck, which is a huge strength of his. That helped us get going offensively and create chances and also create puck possession off those rebounds. Both of us have more to give, Bjork said. I know I do, and I know Jake does. He can dominate games when he's at his best. It felt good to be playing hard and using speed at times. There were a lot of shots tonight, especially from JD's end, so that felt good for sure. That line of DeBrusque, Coyle, did indeed look pretty good, and they need that secondary scoring to step up uh, as you know has been the story for quite some time now. The Bruins need secondary scoring in order to be at their best. They got the goal from Chris Wagner. They got the goal from Anders Bjork, and then... Brad Marchand ended things in overtime with full credit to Charlie McAvoy for setting up that game-winning breakaway. He got things started on the Bruins' winning goal by knocking down Pavel Buchnevich's saucer pass as the Rangers broke in on a two-on-one. He then fired the puck into the neutral zone off the boards at an angle where Marchand could pick it up and finish things off on the breakaway. McAvoy extended his point streak to a career-high eight games. He's got one goal and 10 assists for 11 points over his last eight games, joining Ray Bork as the only Bruins defenseman in the last 35 years to have an eight-game point streak. Ray Bork did it six times, mind you, but Charlie McAvoy playing as good as I've ever seen him play. Cassidy said he made a hell of a play on the last goal, breaks up the two-on-one, has the presence of mind to get the puck ahead to Marshy. Marshan scored the 16th career regular season overtime goal. He now trails Alexander Ovechkin 
Yarmir Yager, Sidney Crosby, and Ilya Kovalchuk for the most in NHL history. Ovechkin's got 24, Yager at 19, Crosby 18, Kovalchuk 17, and our boy Marshy right up there with some of the best finishers in the game. Now in terms of possession, the Bruins did have the edge. 54 shot attempts compared to 42 for the Rangers at even strength. In all situations, it was 65-51, so that's a 56% advantage for the Bruins. Uh, they had perhaps not the most quality chances. The Rangers led in terms of high danger chances and expected goals in 5-on-5 five five play, so it wasn't really the strongest game for the Bruins defensively. I thought Grizzlick and Carlo looked a bit shaky, although maybe to be expected considering uh, Carlo had been playing with Connor Clifton for the past few games. Grizzlick coming off injury, so perhaps a bit of rust there. Grizzlick actually only saw 11 minutes and 40 seconds of ice time. Carlo with 13.58. Uh, McAvoy led the way with 25 minutes and 4 seconds, minute 12 on the power play, a minute 56 shorthanded. He had 4 shots on goal, 2 hits, 3 blocks, and the assist for, yeah, just an overall great game on the part of Boston's number 1 defenseman without question. Uh, so yeah, the Bruins not at their best. They almost fell prey to a... Pretty costly potential gaff by Tuka Rask in net, but you know that was made up for exponentially over the course of the 33 saves that he made, some spectacular in nature. The Bruins will be back in action on Friday night against these same Rangers. We'll see if there's any lineup changes at all, uh, but I would expect it will pretty much be the same group that tries to extend Boston's winning streak, their point streak, and extend their lead atop the East Division. Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards and reality TV. They provide real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up. You can head to their website, use your mobile device to sign up today for a free account, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents, More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball, discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week. So go ahead and subscribe to Locked On Presents on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, it is Thursday, which means I do a segment called All the President's Men, ranking the top five teams in the NHL, all with the best shot at the moment of winning the President's Trophy at the end of the season, which, of course, are Boston Bruins 
currently hold or are the reigning President's Trophy winners. For this, as you know, if you've listened before, I like to take a look at not only points in the standings, but also point percentage because that reflects the success a team has achieved within the amount of games that they have played. I like to take a look at goal differential, as well as a couple underlying stats such as shot attempt differential and PDO. PDO is a look at a team's save percentage and shooting percentage at 5-on-5. Gives you a good idea of whether or not they're riding some really good luck. So if a team has a really high shooting percentage, high save percentage at 5-on-5, likely going to regress a bit. So perhaps their success isn't quite stable. Whereas a team with a low shooting percentage, low save percentage, probably suffering from some bad luck to begin the season and are in line to have a better record than what might be indicated at the moment. For the time being... The five teams I've pinpointed are very strong and look to have the ability to sustain their success for the long haul. The fifth spot was probably the most challenging one to pick, but right now I'm going to go with the Carolina Hurricanes. Now they are actually fifth in the Central Division when it comes to points. They have a record of 7-3 and three through 10 games for 14 points, but their point percentage is at 700, which is behind only the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm giving them the edge over the Panthers because they have a better goal differential, plus they are the top possession team in the NHL, 57.67. They also lead in expected goals, which is kind of looking at the shot quality that they're generating at 58.76. Now, there is a bit of cause for concern because starting goalie Peter Mrazek is out for some time. James Reimer not quite up to his level, uh, but offensively and defensively, one of the strongest teams in the NHL, as evidenced by their shot attempt numbers as well as their expected goals for. So I'm giving the Hurricanes the edge here over the Panthers at number five. The Hurricanes currently rank sixth in the NHL in terms of point percentage ahead of the Montreal Canadiens, the Flyers, and the Colorado Avalanche, all who are off to great starts and behind the Florida Panthers. But again, I'm giving the Hurricanes the edge because of those underlying numbers. In fourth place, I'm putting the Toronto Maple Leafs. They lead the league in points with 23, three ahead of our Boston Bruins. Keep in mind, however, they have played 14 games, None of the Canadian division games have been postponed due to COVID. So the league leaders in games played, three of them are from that division, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Toronto. Point percentage-wise, the Maple Leafs do rank fourth with a mark of 821. They do have a plus 16 goal differential, which is second only to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in terms of possession stats, This is where things uh, get a little dicier. They're kind of middle of the pack, 50.49. So their offense is generating 566 shot attempts at even strength. That is uh, sixth highest around the NHL. But they've also allowed uh, 555, which is ninth highest, meaning they have a pretty even shot attempt differential. So it's the same kind of story for the Maple Leafs in some respects. 
a very talented, loaded offense. Their defense is better this season, but there are still questions on the blue line as well as in net with Freddie Anderson coughing up the odd uh, bad performance here and there. But they did win last night against the Maple Leafs in what was touted as a, a matchup between the top two teams in the North Division. And uh, that's why I'm putting them above Montreal, and they're in fourth place at the moment. In third place, I am putting the Vegas Golden Knights. They have only played 10 games. They have a record of 8-1-1, a win percentage or point percentage of 850, and a plus 11 goal differential. In terms of uh, possession stats, they rank 7th, 52.76. A very talented team, and I expect them to be in a dogfight with the Colorado Avalanche to come out of that West division. Again, they have been greatly affected by COVID, several postponements. It will be interesting to see if players affected by the virus will be able to continue to perform at a high level. And again, I'm putting them in third just because we don't quite have the sample size that we do of other teams since they've only played 12 games. But again, when it comes to Western Conference teams, they look as good as anybody at the moment. In second, I'm putting our Boston Bruins. They have a record of 9-1-2 for an 8.33 point percentage, 20 points through 12 games. That puts them second only to the Maple Leafs, as I mentioned. The Bruins have a plus 13 goal differential, which ranks them fifth. But when it comes to possession numbers, they are very strong as well. They rank third in the NHL with a shot attempt differential percentage of 55.98. This is in five-on-five play. When it comes to expected goals, they rank sixth at 54.82. Keep in mind, of course, we all know they got off to a slow start when it comes to uh, scoring at five on five and if you look at their pdo they're still 28th in the nhl now the idea is the average team would be around 100 the bruins are at uh, 974 right now with a 91.16 save percentage and a 6.21 shooting percentage if you look at the league leader in shooting percentage you have the flyers the capitals the blues maple leafs they all have shooting percentages well above 10%. The Bruins are down at 6.21, which is tied with the Ottawa Senators behind the Detroit Red Wings for scoring success in five-on-five play. We would expect the Bruins would find more success at even strength scoring, so they should rise there for sure and, uh, yeah, even have another level to reach, if you can believe it. For now, I'm putting in first place the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have a record of 9-1-1, a league-leading 864 point percentage, as well as a league-leading goal differential of plus 22. The defending Stanley Cup champions still look as strong as ever, and that is without the services of Nikita Kucherov, who is sidelined for the regular season with what I believe is a hip injury. They have a 52.15 Corsi percentage. Their expected goals is sitting at, uh, where are they right now? 54.33, so they rank 7th. 
Again, they have all-world talent in Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky. The list goes on and on. And for the time being, the Tampa Bay Lightning look just as good as they did last season when they went on to win the Stanley Cup. So that's the top five teams. This week, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. We have the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Vegas Golden Knights, our Boston Bruins, and the Tampa Bay Lightning rounding out the top five in all the president's men. Rock Auto is a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low, and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. As I like to do here on Locked On Boston Bruins, let's end with some news and notes from around the NHL. Some COVID postponements to report, or one at least. The Flyers game on Sunday against the New York Rangers has been postponed. The Flyers will be out of commission until Monday when they will resume practicing. Three players... Claude Giroux, Justin Braun, and Travis Sanheim were added to their protocol list earlier this week. Of course, the Bruins are scheduled to play the Flyers next weekend in an outdoor game, and we'll see whether or not that is able to proceed. The Anaheim Ducks-Vegas Golden Knights game for tonight will proceed as scheduled, even after Golden Knights forward Thomas Nozick was pulled from Tuesday's game due to a positive COVID-19 test. He was immediately isolated from his teammates, and close contact tracing was initiated. The Golden Knights didn't practice yesterday, but again, uh, as of right now, this game is indeed going ahead. Just goes to show you how fluid this situation is, and uh, yeah, that we're lucky. The Bruins have not been affected to date really by COVID-19. I think they've had one player on the list and that was Carson Kuhlman back in training camp. One last note I forgot to mention from last night's game in relation to Jake DeBrusque's goal that was called off. Brad Marchand was a bit miffed after the game saying all the video replays and all that stuff really bothers me. I just think that being able to challenge all these plays Like hockey is a game of mistakes, not only by the players, but by the referees. You get your calls against you, but you get your calls that go your way too. There's a lot of blame that gets put on the refs, but they're there to make those split decision calls. And now they're calling them back all the time. I don't think that it's necessary. It's just taking hockey to a place 
where it's annoying. Certainly, all of us were annoyed about the uh, fate of Jake DeBrusque's goal that was called back. And while video review does help them to get it right sometimes, it does unnecessarily bog things down. And uh, yeah, there's got to be that balance there between uh, what can be reviewed and what should stand as what is called on the ice. Anyways, I'm still marveling over that pass that was made by Charlie McAvoy to Brad Marchand to set up the overtime game-winning goal. Reading the saucer pass, batting it down, collecting the rolling puck, firing it off the boards and down the ice, perfectly placed so that Marchand could scoop it up and put it in the net. That's kind of what I'm focusing on today, and we'll be watching that gif more and more. Charlie McAvoy, Norris, quality defenseman at this point in the season, that is for sure. He's now tied with Morgan Riley, Darnell Nurse, Tyson Berry, and John Carlson for the fourth most points among all defensemen. He trails Kale McCarr and Victor Hedman by one point. Jeff Petrie has 14 points. Quinn Hughes leading the way with 17 points. And uh, when it comes to points per game, Charlie McAvoy 0.92, which uh, if you remove his first four games, that rises exponentially to over a point per game because he went the first four games of the season without recording a point. So Charlie McAvoy, 11 points in his last eight games. And if he continues that pace, he will be among the league's leaders when it comes to defensive scoring. And he should be in the conversation for the Norris based on how strong he's playing at both ends of the ice and how strong Boston's defense is now that he is leading it. So great, uh, great start to the season for our boy Charlie. And hopefully he can keep it going tomorrow night in New York. Tomorrow we'll preview Friday night's game against the Rangers, that rematch. Also be joined by friend of the program, Mayor Zilberberg, for another This Week in Hockey. Hope you all have a great Thursday. Uh, I am, yeah, a couple days left on my current day job, but just as a personal note, I'll be starting a new job on Tuesday. Uh, very much looking forward to that. I'm currently reading The Last Kingdom, which is a... Netflix show based on uh, a series of books and I'm really enjoying that and also uh, yeah we finished Justified we've been watching the Ripper Netflix documentary I'm making my way through season two of Lost watching Superstore might check out the Detectorists on Amazon Prime which is a show I really loved when it was on Netflix I've only seen the first two seasons um, so yeah just trying to keep busy as lockdown continues and keep it locked here to Locked On Boston Bruins for all the latest on the black and gold. And we will be back tomorrow with the final episode this week. Until we meet again, please do take care of yourselves and each other.